0: Welcome to the Music, Money, and Life podcast. This podcast is brought to you by HowToLicenseYourMusic.com. If you want to learn how to make money writing music for TV, films, and ads, visit HowToLicenseYourMusic.com today for a free video series all about how to write music specifically for use in TV shows, films, and commercials. Music, Money, and Life is the podcast that brings together the best minds in music licensing, music publishing, music marketing, and more together in one place. Learn how to license your music and market your music. Learn the latest cutting-edge tech techniques for getting your music heard and making money from your music. Learn directly from the musicians and industry insiders on the front lines of the music business. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review in iTunes. Every positive review helps us rise up the ranks in iTunes, gain more subscribers and attract more and more great guests. And now, without further ado, here's today's podcast.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Music, Money, and Life podcast. Today, I'm speaking with Jason Davis. And Jason, what I thought we would do is is if you could start by kind of telling us a little bit about your background. I know you've been in the music business for, like you, you just said, 23 years. Maybe kind of give us a rundown of your background, how you got involved in the music industry, and what you're doing currently.
0: Uh, sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, I started out uh, like I said, over 20 years ago, uh, broke into the business as a songwriter, won a couple of awards as a songwriter, had, uh, one fairly significant radio hit. And then uh, pretty quickly after, I'd say about a year and a half into the business, being in the business, I transitioned into management and that's what I've been doing ever since. Um, I've, you know, been managing artists, uh, and producers uh for many years um i don't manage producers as much as i used to i manage artists uh, a lot more today than producers but Mm -hmm. i mean i was on a phone call literally last night with a producer friend of mine giving giving him advice on a on a label uh publishing offer that he just got so i still work very very closely with songwriters and producers every day working on records and things like that. But, uh, I would say primarily what I do today is manage artists.
1: Okay, cool. And so when you started as a songwriter, you, if I understand correctly, you had a number one billboard hit. What was that for?
0: The song called captured it was the artist was Aaron Benward. He was on EMI. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he was a Christian artist on Sparrow records And uh, he had had a lot of success before that record with his father. Him and his father were were in a duo, and they had multiple number ones and were a pretty big group. And then he went, and this was his first solo album. So, my first, the doors opening into the music industry for me was I wrote his first single as a solo artist and um, also had the title track on that album.
1: Cool. And then you said you spent about a year and a half as a songwriter. What made you want to transition into other facets of the music business so quickly?
0: I think it was two things. Uh, I think I started realizing that I was indeed not the best songwriter and mm. I was not going to be the best songwriter. I was a good songwriter, but I wasn't the best. And um, I think if you're going to make a, a healthy living in this business as a songwriter, you, you 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 want to be one of the better songwriters out there. Uh, And I I did have success. I mean, I landed, I believe it was seven songs that I wrote on records that first year. Mm. Um, And, but just two parts realized I wasn't the best at it. And also I I found writing songs to be very, for me, I didn't do a lot of co-writing. I wrote on my own. so It was very solitary. It's kind of like, I was winning by myself, I felt like I was like on a vacation by myself, and I, when I started meeting artists uh I realized i I saw areas where I could help artists. It was always very clear to me what I could do to help artists. It was just came naturally, mm. and the idea of trying to help somebody else's dream come true yeah. felt a lot more satisfying t- to me than. Uh, I mean, my dream coming true was exciting, but after the excitement of it wore off, I was just left with, okay, if I don't write more hit songs, I'm not going to eat versus, you know, the constant looking for a new person and trying to help their dream come true. uh, I found that a lot more exciting. Mm. And that's kind of what led me to end up working with artists and managing artists.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. You, you you're very modest in terms of your success. You had seven songs on other albums, a number one hit, but yet you consider that you consider yourself not a very good songwriter. And, and yet, there's other songwriters that I'm sure try for decade after decade to to achieve success and don't come anywhere close to that. So what? How were you able to uh, achieve so much success early on? <sighs>
0: uh none of it was me um well i think the only aspect that was me was before the doors opened for me um i had been writing songs for a solid 8 or 9 years very seriously yeah um and when i say very seriously i wasn't trying to get into the music business i didn't i didn't think regular people could get into the music business from small towns i uh I just love songwriting so much. I couldn't stop. So it was, it was my hobby, but it was also like this passionate, almost like addiction. Like I I wrote songs every day for probably about eight years and I just loved it so much. And it was just my hobby and I'd give out copies to friends and family. Um, So I I would say that that's the part that I did um, without realizing that's what I was doing. You know, uh, I didn't realize I was truly growing my craft on a professional level I just enjoyed growing my, a craft that I thought was a hobby. Um, and so, but really when the doors opened, uh, landing songs on records and the, the hit song, I mean, all of that happened very organically. Um, it wasn't me pushing the songs. It was just people hearing songs of mine and then sending them to somebody or playing them for somebody that I didn't know. Um, there was a lot of that in the beginning. Um, uh, The first song I landed on record It was actually A guy in a band heard one of my songs And played it for somebody at a label And then the label tracked me down And then the second album I was on Which was a totally different label It was Warner Brothers uh, For fun Wrote some songs with a girl Just in the area
1: mm.
0: Totally for fun as a hobby And she ended up getting signed to Warner Brothers And they ended up wanting to use the songs mm. So I would say that those first six to nine months, it was just, it, it was just these random, you know, things happening that I was not really doing, uh, yeah. and making it very obvious, like this is the direction I should go in. Mm. And I, I couldn't believe it. Cause I mean, to me it was, it was like a dream was coming true that I didn't even know I could dream. Um, so it, it was pretty, pretty exhilarating. It was very life changing for me. Which is why I got really passionate about trying to help other people get into the business because of how much it changed my life and how, you know, dramatic, you know, just those moments were in, in such an amazing way.
1: Yeah. Cool. And where were you located when, when this happened?
0: Uh, when my first songs landed on records, I was living in upstate New York. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, once I started really trying and cold calling labels in New York city and stuff, I was living in New Jersey.
1: Okay. And you're, are you based in LA currently?
0: I I was based in LA for about four years. Uh, Mm -hmm. do go there usually maybe once a year at this point, but, um, I'm based out of Nashville
1: now. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, transition into talking about management. So you work with um, different artists, you manage them, you help them achieve their their dreams. And I know you've worked with a lot of pretty big names, Jimmy Eat World, Plain White Tees, Neon Trees, you know, to give people sort of an idea of some of the artists that you've worked with. What are you looking for when you sign new artists to a management deal? What are, can you talk about sort of some of the the things you're looking for—is it just about the music? Is it about where they are in their career, social media? What in particular are you looking for?
0: Um, I mean, I, we're—I'm we're, I'm constantly being thrown new artists to check out just because I've been doing this for so long. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're—we're we're, we're being sent artists literally every single week from various people to check out, uh, and it's—it never stops. Thank God, because then we would, it would be very hard to find new artists. Uh, I would say, you know, obviously always looking for a seed of potential, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the ability to develop into, uh, you know, where, where the talent is strong, but also when I meet an artist for the first time, just trying to get a sense you know, is this person humble? Are they too precious about what they're doing? Are they coachable? Do uh, you know, are they delusional? Do they see themselves clearly? Um, it's hard to tell how good of a listener somebody's going to be, but you can get a sense for like somebody's humbleness, or um, you know, do, do they see them themselves and where they're at clearly? Um, you know, do, if I pinpoint, if I pinpoint some weak areas that need need to be strengthened, um, do they seem open to that? Do they seem shocked by that um, but I think you know somebody being coachable uh, and somebody being a good listener are things and, and and obviously just somebody who's passionate passionate to me is you know that's my my true north
1: do you find it is are a lot of artists resistant to criticism and constructive criticism and maybe needing to change things lyrically or stylistically are, are those the types of Issues that you're talking about?
0: I would say from my experience, the vast majority of artists out there uh, are not good enough listeners. Uh, that You know, can be better listeners. Um, mm-hmm. I think being a good listener and being coachable, not being too precious about your craft and what you're doing, Uh, Being moldable is unbelievably important. Um, And then being smart enough to recognize, you know, when you are hitting upon something that's working to be able to recognize what works and what doesn't work. And Mm. if you're being told from a coaching standpoint that something doesn't work, how quickly are you willing to drop it? You know, I've had artists hold on to bad habits or hold on to directionally the wrong direction or the wrong style of music or just the wrong songs for just, you know, the the wrong Instagram posts for too long, you know, where they did, they they react very slowly. And I think slow reaction time as an artist is not good. Probably, probably for any entrepreneur, it's not good. Um, But I think a lot of artists kind of move slow. They're, they're slow to change things, slow to adapt, slow, slow to, take coaching, um, slow to listen. And I think that's not the full reason, but I think do think it's, it, it is the reason for, uh, it's one of many reasons for the, there being a lot of failure out there.
1: At what point in someone's career should they be concerned with finding management? Is there sort of a checklist of things or milestones that you should check off before you even think about getting a manager? How... Accomplished are the artists that you work with, or how accomplished do they need to be bef- before they seek somebody like you out?
0: Uh, I like to work with artists before they get a record deal. Uh, I do meet artists and I have opportunities, thank God, to manage artists that already have record deals or have already had a hit song or a big hit song. But I find that when I meet artists that have had a hit, um, or are signed to a label they're a lot less coachable than the newer artists i meet that are trying to get a record deal or want to get a record deal uh and a lot of times when you meet those artists that have had a hit there's something that didn't work with their first management Mm -hmm. and there's usually a reason why it didn't work with their first management sometimes it is the management sometimes it's poor management but sometimes the artist is just not manageable or very hard to manage. Um, mm. So a lot of the artists I meet that maybe have record deals or have had hit songs, even in the last year, they may be onto their next single or two singles removed from their hit. And it's now starting to fail a little bit or the label's struggling and they change management. And so sometimes I'm meeting artists on labels where it's like, can I come in and save the day? (laughs) Um, And it's very hard to save the day when something, when a ship is beginning to sink. Um, Mm. So I I prefer to meet artists before they get a record deal so I can just coach them up, teach them, you know, show them what to look out for. Um, It's a lot of extra work. It's a lot of pouring into people. It's a lot of teaching. It's a lot of extra energy, but if you have a well-coached-up artist and a well-taught artist, it doesn't mean that they're going to succeed. It's a tough business, but they have a lot higher of a chance of succeeding.
1: Yeah. And in what areas are you, are you providing instruction in, in coaching? Are you talking about in terms of their live show performance and in terms of songwriting or all of the above? what area it's every
0: single it's every single microscopic detail i mean you know using this as an analogy but if you're managing a restaurant you're managing the dust on the lights you're managing the, you know are the ceiling tiles look clean is there a cobweb in the corner are the tables cleaned is there a chip in one of the tables? Like, is the floor been cleaned? You know, do we have our inspections in order for the back, you know, with, with bugs and, you know, is, does everybody know what they're doing? Like, do the, do the greeters know how to smile and greet correctly? You know, like it's managing every single aspect. So when I'm an artist or working with an artist, it's, it's vocals. It's the live show. It's, how do you walk in a room? How do you shake a hand? How do you make eye contact? How do you answer questions? Um, you know, are are you not confident in the words you're saying and using your hands too much? Mm-hmm. Are you, you know, do you come off nervous in a room? You know, do you know how to walk in a room and take it over? Um, finding band members, interacting with band members, how to book shows, how to get paid, how to, how to deal with a record label. You know, what's, what's the record label looking for Uh, when you're signed to a label, like how to maneuver in that system correctly Um, how to be attractive to a booking agency. Once you're on a major booking agency, how do you get more show offers? How do you get more show opportunities? How do you, excite your partners in a sense yeah um so you know how do you walk in a room and co-write a song how do you prepare for co-writes how do you win in co-writes um how do you know when you have the right songs you know um are you being rushed by a label you know there's there's kind of this endless sea of details that you can coach it. You know, I mean, sometimes I'm having artists I work with watch documentaries on Mm. artists in the past and I'm pointing out certain notes about those documentaries or I'm having them read books and having them report back to me on what they thought about the documentary. What, What do they think about that scene where the artist made a poor decision in the documentary? You know, um, do you see what that, what that did to their career or, you know, just so just constant, um, constant teaching.
1: Right. So, so pretty much everything, are there one or two or maybe three things that you see over and over that hold our artists back? Are, are, are there sort of patterns that emerge from, from having worked with all these artists?
0: I think just artists not, Maybe not being passionate enough, not being willing to get uncomfortable enough, uh, not willing to, to really do the work. Um, and that that all stems from a lack of passion. I mean, we could all say we want to do something in life, but until we actually do that job, mm, yeah. we don't know how badly we really want to do that job. So it's easy to grow up and watch TV and dream about being an artist, but until you're, you know. It's easy to watch Michael Phelps hold up gold medals on TV, but it's another thing to be in a pool six days a week. Yeah. So I think just being coachable, willing to get uncomfortable, willing to do the work, the daily work, um, th- those are the things that I see hold back a lot of, you know, at least for the aspiring artists. And I think the signed artists, the artists that are signed on labels, I think. I think a lot of them are just not coached up well enough. I think they're not taught well enough, not coached up well enough. Uh, just a lot of details. I think even signed artists who have had hit songs don't know.
1: Is, is the goal in 2020, is it still about writing hit songs as, as much as it was 10, 20 years ago? Or is it more about getting a viral video, getting a lot of streams on, on Spotify? How has that all changed?
0: Um, I mean, for me, I'll always be a music purist. I mean, to me, it's everything comes down for me. the 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 foundation of the house is always the song. Mm. You know, how good of a song does the artist have? And then the other kind of co foundation is how how strong is the artist? How much has the artist worked? To develop their craft um, so I think you know my goal I don't really think too much about viral videos or streaming or the success of something my world is focused on like I don't really focus too much on the result or the byproduct I really focus on is the product right And if the product is right, the byproduct of that is you might have a chance to have a viral video or you might have a chance to have a lot of streaming numbers. Mm. So for me, everything comes down to how good is that song really? How good is the vocal on that song really? How good is the production of that song? Um, How good is the artist at what they're doing? And if those things are all about as high as they can get, then you, you know you release it and you work hard. And um, a lot of the, the work behind the song to try to push it to create streams and create successes and things like that, I know what those things are, but those are usually not the things that I'm doing every day. So if I'm working with a major label act that's signed, the label's doing a lot of that. Um, the labels handling a lot of that I'm checking in on things and, um, maybe sometimes providing some ideas or help in those areas, but, um, that's kind of a partnership. Whereas if it's an act that we're trying to get a record deal for and we're developing them, um, I have a team that kind of almost acts like a, like a little mini label that touches upon those things. Like we were talking about TV and film licensing earlier um, before we hopped on. So, uh, so, you know, like TV and film licensing, I don't push, but I have a, uh, you know, somebody on our team that is brilliant at it and we're landing songs and commercials and movies and things like that for artists that are not signed yet um, to try to build that story or help them make income. But um, usually my whole focus is the product and how strong is it.
1: <clears throat> and can you talk about what makes a product strong in terms of songwriting? Can you talk about what makes a song work in the context of commercial music? You know, I'm thinking of a song. I'm looking at your bio by the Plain White Tees. Uh, hey there, Delilah. Um, th- that was their song, right? Hey there, Delilah. That's such, such a powerful song. But yet, if I were to try to explain why that song works, I think I would, I would probably struggle to articulate exactly what works about it. It's obviously very catchy. The lyrics are interesting. Can you kind of talk about, from your perspective, why a song like that becomes so popular?
0: Um, I, I think sometimes, well, okay, so if you take that song or any, usually any breakthrough hit song from an artist, that right there is a unique title. So if we start with with what you mentioned, the only thing that you actually mentioned was the title. Right. And so we start with the title. And the question is, is the title unique? Is it interesting? Have you heard another song with that title before? Does it sound like a typical title? And the answer for that song is no. It's, it's a unique title. And then you go, you know, you talked about how powerful – the message was and the lyrics were and, and that's the concept of the song you know is 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 it a unique concept is it is it a angle that you haven't heard a song about before um is it is it a fresh perspective a fresh look into something that you haven't thought of or seen before but you know it seems obvious that maybe somebody should have written that before mm. So I think a, a concept that's fresh, unique, um, showing a slightly different angle of the same thing that we're all talking about yeah. in songs is, is definitely important. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, great lyrics that can hold your attention and keep you interested and a great melody. Um,
1: yeah, strong vocals.
0: Yep. Yeah, and, you know, a, a, an emotional, connected emotionally connected vocal.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a great song. I have it stuck in my head right now as we're, as we're just talking about it. Let's talk a little, a little bit about Spotify. I know you, you said that that's not really your goal when working with artists to necessarily get a lot of streams or, or to create a viral video. What are your sort of overall thoughts on the direction of the music business, how things have changed in, in terms of shifting into more streaming and uh, digital media?
0: I mean, I I think it's great. Uh, You know, I think there's for an aspiring artist, there's a lot more opportunity than there used to be to get heard or seen. Um, You know, there's really no barriers to getting your music heard. So I find when I'm developing an artist, it's a lot easier to get them attention today uh, or interest today than it was when I started over 20 years ago. Um, and I think for the label artists I think it's it's great I mean the, the labels are making a lot of income um, like if you take Universal Music um, just off of streaming which you mentioned and obviously they have many other revenue sources but Universal Music is literally making $10 million a day just on streaming um, 7 days a week so you know, the, the labels are making a lot of money. Um, they're, they're signing a lot of acts again. Um, you know, you, you don't, you're not hearing about a lot of the doom and gloom that you were hearing about maybe 10 years ago. Um, so I, I think, I think it's getting to a much healthier place.
1: Do you have any tips in terms of, so most of my listeners are are indie artists and songwriters trying to break into licensing, but just trying to break into music in in general. Um, And, you know, you said arguably it's easier to kind of get your music out there and be heard than ever before. But at the same time, isn't the flip side of that, that there's just way more artists trying to do that. So do you have any tips in terms of, of what artists can do to get their music heard and to get more streams and to get more views on YouTube and so on?
0: I would say great songs. Mm -hmm. Um, There are so many, I mean, there's probably 15, 20 million unsigned artists out there, but 99 point something percent of all of them sound amateur, weak songs, not competitive at all. So there is tons of noise. I mean, it's an endless sea of noise, but it's not very good noise. So if you're if you have exceptional songs, if you have really strong songs and they're well done and you've got a really good vocal, um, I think it's a lot I don't want to say it's a lot easier, but it's definitely easier to get attention than I think a lot of people think it is
1: okay, so let's let's assume someone listening to this out there has great songs. Let's say they're a great songwriter, they're really well produced, they have this material. They're just not gaining traction. And, and I know there's a lot that goes into this, but can you give us sort of just a condensed template of what artists should be doing? Obviously playing shows, pitching their music, trying to get it into TV and film. Are there any steps or things artists can do that they're maybe not thinking of doing that would help them get to the next level?
0: I'd go right to the biggest radio stations in my state. You know, no. whatever state or you know if you live in a smaller state whatever states are surrounding you i'd take your state and all of the bordering states i would research every major radio station in your genre of music and i would pitch you know um humbly but passionately your songs to those stations and uh I've, you know, I've seen a lot of artists that we've worked with over the years and artists I didn't work with over the years. I've seen a lot of artists over the years get record deals that way. Um, so I, I would definitely say that if you're not, if you have great songs um, or you think you have great songs, you'll definitely find out what you have. If you can talk to one or two handfuls of radio stations, um and I uh you know I think the T V film thing you mentioned is great. Um and uh and I think I think you know, pitching yourself to playlists on Spotify and maybe certain YouTube channels that have a lot of viewers, maybe some social media influencers on TikTok or you know, asking people would you would you pr- help me promote my song? Or I, th- I think those are all different ways that it could start getting some slight attention and traction.
1: How important of a role do you feel like radio plays in 2020 is radio. Obviously maybe not as important as it was pre Spotify, pre internet, but do you, do you still feel like it plays an important role in launching? Artists? Uh, for,
0: for, for, for label artists, it's, it's, it's like everything. Oh, it's not everything. I mean, you know, getting on big, you know, getting positioned big on Apple Music or on Spotify, if you're a signed artist, is big. Uh, It's really bigger for even the label than it is you as an artist to help them recoup their money. But, I mean, if you're an artist and you're a major artist, the only thing that's going to drive – people to the concert is the local radio station playing your song and promoting your concert.
1: Yeah. So it's still important. Um, Obviously in 2020, we've had coronavirus, <clears throat> we've had this pandemic. What effect has COVID had on, on sort of the industry at large?
0: Um, well, the artists I, I work with that are signed, it's probably been about... I'd say it's about a 50% drop in income mm-hmm. for those artists. Uh, th- thankfully though, the artists that I work with have been, it's another thing I talk about a lot or teach a lot is fiscal responsibility and having savings as an artist. Um, so mm-hmm. thankfully the artists that I work with all were pretty well financially positioned and, um, for a solid year to to go through a a rough patch or so i mean i talked to a lot of managers and i talked to a lot of artists where like artists are really struggling out there but the artists that i work with were very well positioned financially and um i've definitely seen you know an urgency to get shows and to keep active but uh thankfully, I haven't been, there's nobody around me that's been urgent or desperate. Um, and and thankfully, too, I'd say in the music business, you know, I'm not a, a fan of getting money from the government, but those, those PPP loans, I do think, held over some of the people that I know as well. So.
1: Have you seen many of the artists that you work with doing things like like the drive-in shows, I've seen a lot of bands try sort of alternative ways of doing live music throughout the pandemic. Have you seen much of that?
0: Yeah, I, I manage an artist that just finished a drive-in tour. Um, we just finished it maybe two weeks ago, and it was it was pretty successful. So, right. um, I mean, we're actually doing some other drive-in shows in the next month or two as well. So, you know, it's, it, it's not the same kind of money as – you know, the types of shows that we're used to playing. Um, It's not like playing arenas, but uh, it's definitely brought in, you know, some, some pretty decent income.
1: Cool. Is there any sense? I mean, obviously nobody knows, but do you have any sort of sense of, of when live music might return? I mean, obviously it's a little unpredictable at this point. What's your, what's your sense?
0: I mean, the whole industry is very hopeful that, things return to normal in the spring. Um, I sure hope so. Um, you know, I think nobody's really hundred percent sure. Right. But, uh, I think the general hope is that things return to normal in the spring.
1: I sure hope so. It would be great to get back to quote unquote normal. Um, cool. Well, listen, if, um, do, do you, by, by the way, do you accept unsolicited submissions or how does that work? Do you have artists? I know you said people send you music all the time. Can artists reach out to you directly?
0: Uh, we usually don't look at that only because we're getting so many people that know us and, and have a history with us sending us stuff. Or uh, So um, normally we don't get direct submissions from artists just because I don't know who the person is and they haven't been vetted.
1: Who do you normally get get music through just through relationships you've developed over the years?
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, all, it's all over the place. I mean, it's producers I've managed, it's artists, other artists I've worked with over the years. It's uh, you know, I mean, I, I even have like some pastors of churches that send me mm. people to check out. So it's, it's kind of all over the place
1: what percentage of artists that you screen or listen to, what percentage do you actually end up working with and signing?
0: Uh, I, I don't, I, it's hard to say exactly only cause I don't look at the artists that are submitted to us. I have other people that do that. So, but I know the number is really small. Um, yeah. we do get a lot of stuff thrown our way and I do, I do meet with, you know, handfuls of artists a year, uh, But I think from the wider net of what's being thrown at us, uh, the vast majority of it, you know, is not passed on to me.
1: Gotcha. So it's a small, it's a small percentage, 1%, 2% maybe.
0: Uh, not really sure. I mean, I would say maybe artists that I'm meeting with, I'm really guessing right now, but I say maybe 5%. Yeah. And then from there, you know, even smaller that we would end up working with.
1: Cool. Well, listen, Jason, I appreciate you coming on the podcast so much today. This was an interesting conversation, a little bit uh, different than the conversations I I usually have related to licensing and, and publishing. Any sort of imparting words of wisdom or any ideas and thoughts that you'd like to leave my listeners with before we go?
0: No, I would just say number one thing is to believe in yourself and, Water the seed every day. Um, don't take on too much, but if you focus on one thing, water that seed every day, and try to lay one brick perfectly a day, and eventually, you'll have a city. Uh, I would say, don't don't focus on the city, focus on laying one brick perfectly every day, and eventually, when you when you least expect it, you'll look back and there will be a city there.
1: Nice. And where can people? I know you. Work with a couple of different companies. Where where can people find out more about you? Should they go to the the Radar Label Group website?
0: Yeah, it's a radar one one seven. Um, even like Noble Management, you know, f- f- few different options.
1: Okay, so we'll give them um, just because I don't have all the domains in front of me. Radar Label Group If you want to find out more about Jason and some of the artists that he works with, um, Jason, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank, well, you, thank you for having me. Have a great day.